It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 382 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, September 21st. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. we got Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd, Locked On NBA with David Locke. Uh, that's a daily show as well across the network with David hosting on Thursdays and then other hosts from across the network filling in on the other days. It's the only podcast that went daily all summer from an NBA perspective, which is uh, an incredible feat, really, because we had a couple months there where there was nothing going on, but they made it work. So make sure you're checking out Locked On NBA if you want daily coverage on the NBA from a bunch of different angles and perspectives. And uh, you can all find all those shows together on the Locked On NBA iTunes channel. As always, it's the the great place for you to go in the lead up to the season. If there's a team that you're specifically interested in, whether it's the Wolves with Jimmy Butler, whether it's the Clippers and how they should be responding to the Jimmy Butler trade demand, uh, all the angles of that and every other local story in the NBA is covered with the local perspective on the Locked On Podcast Network. So if you find a show that you like on Net- iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you find your podcast, please leave a rating or a review on that iTunes page it's the best way to support that show and support that host and you can do that with locked on raptors of course on all of the podcast platforms and ratings and reviews are so very appreciated and i thank you in advance for taking the small amount of time that it requires all right on today's show uh a few things i guess i'm going solo today we are gonna have a couple mailbag questions i think at the end but a couple things i wanted to talk about and it's mostly to do with Kawhi Leonard and the lack of a press conference that I thought was going to be coming today. thought I was going to be doing a podcast from Biosteel Center today talking about the Kawhi Leonard press conference that was sort of rumored to be happening on Friday. Uh, there was never an official announcement or, or anything, and then it just came down that there wasn't going to be one. So um, that is interesting, I suppose. So I'm going to talk about that for the most part for the first bit of the show, and then I'll have a couple of mailbag questions at the end. Mostly just going to get mad at stuff and people being dumb about things and being... Uh, putting too much importance on press conferences. So I'll get to that in one second. But first, I promised I was going to talk about this earlier in the week. I forgot because I'm an idiot, and uh, now I'm finally doing it. So I mentioned over the weekend on Twitter that I was thinking about doing a Locked on Fantasy Bas- Locked on Raptors Fantasy Basketball League. And uh, yeah, I'm going to do that. So here's how we're going to do it. A lot of people said that they wanted to be in it. I don't have enough room to have all the people who said they wanted in uh, into the league. So I'm going to do a 12-person league. And how you get into the league is going to be pretty simple. I'm going to ask a trivia question in like a minute here. Uh, if you get the trivia question right, just DM it to me or whatever. You can tweet it at me if you want. Uh, DM's better, so we can exchange contact info and stuff like that to get you in the league. So if you, I, I believe my DMs are open, so uh, please do that. And then after you, if you've given me the correct answer, you will be in the league. The first 10 people to get into the league with the correct answer uh, will join myself and Vivek Jacob in the Locked on Raptors Fantasy Basketball League this season. So that's the fairest way I can do it. Uh, I wish I could have everybody in it, but I just, I don't like fantasy basketball enough to do multiple leagues. I apologize, um, but I want to have a way to interact with some fans. So yeah, this is how we're going to do it. So here's the question. Very simple. 
and again you just got to dm the correct answer to me and if you're one of the first 10 people to do it then you will be in the fantasy league here's the question how many total points did the person who came in at number 67 in my ranking every raptors series on raptors hq score in a raptors uniform number 67 in ranking every raptor how many points did that person score in a raptors uniform if you get me the correct answer uh, if you're one of the first 10 people to get me the correct answer in a DM or email, you will be in the Locked On Raptors Fantasy Basketball Fantasy Basketball League. Once again, how many total points did the person in number 67 in ranking every Raptor, my series for Raptors HQ, score in a Raptors uniform? Number 67 total points in a Raptors uniform. Get on it, send me that DM, and you could maybe be in the league, and I'll announce winners as they come in, and we'll fill out the league pro hopefully over the next week or so. Uh, so, I mean, hopefully 10 people are listening to this podcast. I don't know. Here's hoping. So uh, let me know the answer, and uh, we will have you in the Fantasy League. Oh, and my DMs are open, as always. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, let's get to uh, the main chunk of today's podcast, which is Kawhi Leonard and his lack of a press conference. So people seem to be kind of upset about this. I don't know. People are really like antsy. I can understand why Raptors fans are antsy to see Kawhi Leonard. It still feels almost like a dream at times that Ka- Kawhi Leonard's on the Raptors and he hasn't, uh, aside from the photo that he took with Bobby Webster and Masai Ujiri, there hasn't been all that much in the way of appearances from him. Haven't heard from him at all. And I can see why people would want to have him, you know, be forward-facing and address the the questions that people have. Obviously, people have questions. So here's the thing. Greg Brady is a radio host in Toronto. I don't care about naming names because people who say dumb things should probably be named here. Uh, So I don't really care. Greg Brady, radio host uh, on Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. He was talking this morning about the lack of a press conference for... Uh, Kawhi Leonard and why you know the, the lack of a scheduling is kind of uh, you know Raptors fans are beefing with that or whatever. I don't really haven't really seen any Raptors fans in particular be upset about this, but sure, let's build a straw man. He was, seemed to be implying that the lack of a press conference so far and Kawhi not sort of uh, you know adhering to whatever schedule the Raptors want to have out there to have Kawhi face the the franchise for the first time, face the fans for the first time. He seems to imply, and there was a column written about this today in the Global Mail by another person who has had plenty of obje- objectionable t- objectionable takes on Toronto athletes in the past um it's it seems to be implying that Kawhi is not fully committed to playing with the Raptors or whatever it was never expected that Kawhi Leonard was going to be 100% yes gung-ho about Toronto on day one this was part of the risk of the trade that we've talked about for the last couple months and the start to the relationship has seemed to be pretty positive from the Nick Nurse meeting uh that was reported on I believe by Josh Lewenberg uh from just sort of all the accounts that he's ready to go he's looking good in in, you know whatever offseason training he's doing he's training with Raptors coaches they brought Jeremy Castleberry in from the Spurs to, uh, I don't know, help ease the transition, I suppose, for Kawhi. We've heard the report that Kawhi's bought a house in Toronto. I'm not sure if there's any validity to that, but we've heard it at least. Like, it seems like it's been a pretty decent start. And for people to be fixating on this press conference, whether it's Greg Brady or other mainstream media folks in Toronto, it's kind of missing the point. Like, here's the thing about press conferences. 
Press conferences are useless. They are on the fucking internet 20 minutes after they happen for a reason. Nothing inflammatory ever happens in them. Um, if there is something inflammatory, a lot of time it's gonna it's gonna be edited out by the team before they put it on team sites. And I just don't know what people are expecting from a Kawhi press conference anyway. What are, you, what are you gonna get? You're gonna get stock questions from, say, local news outlets who don't have any understanding of how player relationships work, who have literally never interacted or dealt with Kawhi Leonard before, and are probably gonna be asking, asking cornering questions about what happened in San Antonio, his health, whatever else. And I don't really see a problem with the Raptors want to shield him from that, because ultimately, who cares what his answers are to these questions? They're not going to be whatever, fully honest question, answers to these questions. They're not going to be full answers, and we're never really going to know, I don't think, what happened in San Antonio, and I'm not sure Kawhi's going to be, you know, eager in his first, you know, appearance on a podium for the Raptors to dive into his past with San Antonio. That's just not going to happen, and if people think that the press conference is going to be some sort of revealing thing that helps people get to know Kawhi Leonard, that's just not what is going to happen. And when you have all of these sports mouths in the city's mainstream media who can already kind of see, you can see the beginnings of, you know, anti-Kawhi takes and sort of trying to turn the fan base, the, the casual fan against Kawhi sort of already forming. It makes total sense that the Raptors would want to try to keep him away from those situations. And it makes total sense that Kawhi wouldn't want to be part of that with a media group that he doesn't know. Ultimately, it's fucking basketball. And Kawhi hasn't done anything as a human being, I think that warrants adversarial reporting at this point. He had a fallout with a basketball team. That's pretty much the extent of it. He hasn't done anything illegal or nefarious at all. So I don't think the Raptors or Kawhi owe anything to the media right now. Had he done something where, you know, he had to face the music and balanced reporting was required? Sure, put him in front of somebody, ask him, have him, you know, answer questions, whether it's one person in a one-on-one -on -one or in a press conference situation. But Kawhi doesn't owe anybody access at all. Like, he... People kind of seem to think that, you know, maybe they've been spoiled by DeMar DeRozan or whatever it is, but superstars in the NBA are not particularly accessible. Think about what's happened with the Thunder in the past, with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook being impossible to get for, for, for reporting purposes and impossible to deal with for the media. You have LeBron James. Unless you are a part of a select two or three person group that LeBron James trusts, like, you are not getting... LeBron James in a room to talk. That's just how it works. That's how these people have crafted the, the media landscape. And maybe there's, you know, questions of how useful that is when it is time for adversarial reporting. But at the same time, if it's if there's no need for adversarial reporting in a certain situation, then like these guys don't owe anybody anything. And the fact that they can craft their own messages with people that they trust or with their own sort of methods of getting out and, and disseminating information on their own behalf, whether it's the Players' Tribune, whether it's just on their own website, social media, all that stuff, like they don't owe the media anything. And I, I think Kawhi being reserved and not wanting to talk to the media, it's ultimately not going to alter how fans experience him or the team. He's going to be really good on the basketball court, which is ultimately, ultimately what matters. And Raptors beat writers, most of whom are excellent, and I'm not talking about the good Raptors beat writers when I'm talking about these sports mouths in the Toronto sports media who are already starting to sort of take a you know combative stance against the whole Kawhi Leonard thing. Most of the people who are in the know and who you know don't have to announce that they're in the know, you know who I'm talking about. The Blake Murphys, the Eric Kareens, the very good people who cover the team on a daily basis and who know exactly how these things work, 
they're going to be able to cover the team interestingly and successfully without having to access to someone like Kawhi at all times. And ultimately, anything that you've read from a good Bat Raptors beat reporter over the last couple of seasons, most of their stuff is not coming from a press conference situation. It's getting a chance to talk to people before games or in one-on-ones. Like, that's where the real interesting reporting is done for people who actually want to know about the team. The press conference stuff is just so surfacy And... I do really think people are going to show their asses this year, and I think the people who are going to get pissy about Kawhi's lack of forthcomingness with the media, his you know refusal to do press conferences and stuff like that, I really do think all of those people will surely fall under the umbrella of dolts who think that because they have access, it makes them supreme Raptors knowers and are somehow superior to everybody else, and... You know, those kind of people, anything that stands in, as an obstacle to them being these faux gatekeepers of information is going to come, they're going to come under fire at some point. And if that's Kawhi Leonard, like you can get, you can bet the people, you know, the people, you know, the columnists, you know, the radio, you know, the radio hosts, like don't listen to these dudes because their bitterness is going to be informed by how inaccessible uh, a player is and how it makes their job a little harder or their job less meaningful because that's ultimately what this is. People derive meaning from being a sports knower and being someone who has access to games. Like, look, I have credentials to games. I have never once gone to a game and thought, this makes me know more than anybody else at a game. Here's the behind the curtains. Nothing interesting happens when you cover a basketball game. It's nice to be there in person. It's nice to be able to talk to people for a little background information and and stuff like that to get sort of, you know, get a little more chummy with the players. That's very helpful. Sometimes if you are, you know, writing a bigger story, you can talk to someone one-on-one and that's fantastic. But in the regular run of a media sort of, the media script of a game is very regimented. Players are not all that revealing. The post-game scrums, you're never getting particularly interesting stuff out of that that everyone else can't get. Like, this stuff is posted on the internet. Kyle Lowry's post-game press conference or post-game media scrums are going on the internet. This is not something that you can't access if you're not a credentialed member of the media. And people who think that because they are credentialed member of the media that they're owed some sort of access that makes them superior to other people who cover the team or watch the team, that's just ridiculous. And these are the kind of people who are going to put their inflammatory pig slop in one of their shitty columns or on a radio show and that's going to inform a large swath of the fan base unfortunately because people eat that shit up it's the most accessible media it's the easiest stuff to find it's the stuff that's put in front of your face just be a critical fan you don't have to take all of this stuff at face value and you don't have to sort of read a post about quote, Kawhi Leonard's continued silence speaks volumes about his approach to the Raptors and to Toronto, the headline of the Globe and Mail today, that doesn't have to be the stuff you consume. The people who actually know what's going on are the people who aren't out there boasting about how much they know what's going on. That's pretty much all I got to say on that. Um, Just the, the Kawhi Leonard press conference thing is very exhausting. And if he doesn't want to do a press conference, who gives a damn? He doesn't owe it to anybody. Once again, it's not like he's done something for which he has to face the music. He had a falling out with a basketball team and he's playing for a new basketball team now. And if the Raptors, in the interest of trying to set themselves up to potentially be a suitor for him next year, next summer, after one year of playing with the team... If this is part of their sell job and it ends up with Kawhi Leonard being on the Raptors long term because they carefully managed his relationship with the media and his exposure, I'm fine with that. It's just fucking basketball and until something of you know greater importance comes across with Kawhi Leonard, I don't think he owes anybody anything. So um, that's pretty much my rant on that. Maybe this comes off as too water carry for what the Raptors are doing with Kawhi. Maybe it comes off as too much of a fan perspective. I think it comes off as someone who kind of reads through the bullshit that is the, the, me- the, the mainstream media, which is is always, I mean, we've seen this city, this like the media in the city have turned against athletes time and time again. Phil Kessel was 
berated for eating hot dogs. Like, who cares, man? He was the best player on a bad team and was blamed for it because of, I don't know, his attitude or whatever. Jose Bautista, one of the best players in franchise history, never had 100% glowing coverage because he had swagger or he bat, he bat flipped or whatever the hell you want it to be. Angry sports columnists are going to be angry sports columnists. It's just, it's on the fans really to read through that shit and not you know, be subjected to the suggestions that come along those things and actually sort of make your own damn opinions and sort of take into account a wide range of good coverage. Subscribe to people like The Athletic. You know, the, the people who write for The Athletic and cover the Raptors are incredibly smart. Subscribe to, you know, people like William Liu. Subscribe to his Patreon. He doesn't have access to every game. He doesn't cover every game. He covers the team as extensively as anybody else and offers better opinions than anyone who has this sort of, you know, hallowed, close, in, you know, up-close personal access to the team. So just don't be fooled by someone because they are they have a media credential around their neck, myself included. I don't, again, I don't really spout off like I know anything because I don't. I don't have sources or anything like that. But don't be fooled by that credential hanging around somebody's neck that they ultimately have this sort of, you know, gatekeepership over information and, and everything like that. And like, again, anything that comes in contact or, or threatens their holier than thouness and their their ability to sort of hold their lordship over everybody else because they have access and you know anyone who challenges that access is ultimately going to come into their crosshairs so again to take all that into into account it's uh who gives a damn about a press conference is pretty much all i have to say about that Okay, I've talked enough and gone in enough circles and uh, stripped over my words one too many times. So I'm going to stop it there, stop the rant there. Um, I don't really care if anyone is upset about that. They're just chill. A press conference doesn't mean anything. Uh, so we got a time for a couple of listener questions here. But first, uh, we'll take a quick break. Before that, though, make sure you're checking out the Locked On College uh, podcast. If you're a college fan, football, basketball, whatever it is, there's a corresponding college football or college Locked On College podcast for you. And, you know, all the big programs are covered, all the big SEC teams, all the big ACC teams, everything uh, you, you could possibly imagine if your team, if your program is going through a controversy because it's terrible and the NCAA is bad, then you can listen to all the, the breakdown of that as well. There's a certain player that you're interested in because your team uh, is very bad and, and your professional team is very bad and you want to know about a draft pick uh, and, and they play for a certain team. Make sure you're checking up that corresponding Locked On College podcast. It's a, it's a great network with a lot of shows, a lot of hosts, a lot of experts that you can check out and make sure you're subscribing to all those on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's do some listener questions here to wrap this thing up. This thing up. First question here comes from Jay Rosales at Rosalosaurus, one of our writers at Raptors HQ. Since Tibbs doesn't care about draft picks, what wraps package would you feel comfortable with for Butler? Uh, obviously, the Jimmy Butler thing isn't going away. I really don't think this is going to happen for the Raptors. I just think... As much as there are sort of similarities to the Kawhi Leonard situation where it's sort of a depressed trade market for an asset that is not going to fetch what 
probably a, a superstar of that level should fetch in a trade. Um, and as much as the Raptors, that sort of opens that up to them, opens those trade conversations up to the Raptors because they don't have a top level, you know, store of assets that they'd be willing to move. Uh, I still think there's going to be too many teams that are sort of view the risk of, of Butler as maybe less so than what Kawhi was when you factor in that Kawhi was injured and everything like that. And, and that Kawhi had sort of predetermined that he wanted to go to L.A. I think it, with Butler... It's less certain, and I think maybe teams could sell themselves on the idea of selling their their club and their program to Butler over the course of one season. Um, so I don't think the Raptors are really going to be in the conversation from that perspective. And also, I just think maybe the Wolves should just hang on to Butler and see what happens. Obviously, it's risky, a terrible risk, and if Butler has made it clear that he's absolutely not going to come back, then maybe you don't do that. But if there's any inkling that maybe they can sway him this season, maybe they can convince him, maybe they can pull a trade where they get rid of Andrew Wiggins or something like that, and maybe that changes the dynamic within the team, maybe that changes Butler's outlook on the team. Um, you know, obviously, I don't think they're going to trade Carl Anthony Towns, but I think you know the, the the Wiggins thing could be on the table if there's a team that wants to take him on. Obviously, it's tough because no one has cap space, but um, and Wiggins is kind of a depressed asset himself. But maybe that's a way they can work it out. I just think if there's any percentage chance that the Wolves are, can tell themselves that yes, we can keep Jimmy Butler a year from now, we can convince him over the course of this season that this is where he wants to be. Maybe you just try to do it because you're not going to get that much for him anyway. Um, and maybe a bidding war starts, and maybe the offers come in and they're, they're too good to refuse for a guy that you're most likely going to lose. But if they are, you know, kind of the stuff we've been talking about from the Raptors' perspective, I mean, I'm not sure I'd be wanting to risk OG Ananobi or Pascal Siakam before we even see them this season. Um, you know, obviously, the like their trade value right now is kind of more... Um, you know, it's kind of in the ether as opposed to being hard and intangible because we don't know what they're going to look like in years two and three, respectively. And, you know, maybe come trade deadline time, maybe Jimmy Butler's out there, maybe OG hasn't been quite as impressive or he's been sort of suppressed in his role. And maybe you're like, okay, we can sell ourselves on giving up OG. But maybe that makes the Wolves less inclined to take on an OG, for example, if they still have Butler and they're, they're holding on to the last moment to get rid of him. Um, so I just, there's no need to jump on it right now. If it happens over the course of the season where the Wolves are getting stubborn and they don't want to trade him they're holding out as long as they can but it just becomes inevitable maybe you can get in at the late stage but I just think there's going to be too many teams right now who fancy themselves as potential contenders or who think they can spend a year trying to convince Jimmy Butler to stay that I just don't think the Raptors really are going to have a package that matches up that I think I'd be comfortable with giving up you know they don't have a pick to trade this season they'd have to trade 2021's pick and then when you factor in that and if you have to add in a Pascal or OG and the uncertainty that comes with that and just sort of the invitation to potential chaos that you're bringing in with Butler who has not been the easiest teammate to play with in the past and has said that he wants to go to the Clippers um, you know that's inviting a lot of chaos into a probably pretty you know an already kind of chaotic house um, considering how mad people are about Kawhi Leonard not doing press conferences and all that shit um, so maybe it's just not the right time to make that move it'd be great if they could pull it off and do it in a similar way to Kawhi where they got something they got a deal done for much less than most people expected it was going to take That'd be great in that case, but I think Raptors fans maybe a little have been a little bit spoiled by the Kawhi trade and just how little it you know how little it cost. Um, old Acorn Stairlift voice, uh, how little it cost. But um, yeah, I just I don't think the, the 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 stars are aligned right now for it to happen the same way it did with the Kawhi thing. Uh, next question here from at uh, rapsfan1237. Which trade tree ended up with the better results? The Rudy Gay tree that started with Ed Davis and Calderon or the Bargnani tree that was needed in order to finish off the Kawhi deal? 
Um, so if we trace these trade trees, the, the Rudy Gay one is much more robust because of how many players came along in that deal. Um, so in the Rudy Gay trade, uh, you know, they first trade Ed Davis and Calderon, they get Rudy Gay. Uh, to get Rudy Gay, they have to trade, or to get rid of Rudy Gay, they have to give up Quincy Acey and Aaron Gray. That's not a big deal. And they get back Patrick Patterson, Grievous Vasquez, John Salmons, and, oh God, who's the other? Oh, oh no. Oh, Chuck Hayes. That's who. I don't have to look that up. Chuck Hayes. <laughs> so, yeah, so they get back Salmons, Hayes, Vasquez, and uh, the Patterson. They don't trade Patterson. He leaves as a free agent. They trade Salmons to the uh, Hawks for Bebe and Lou Williams. Lou leaves as a free agent. Bebe ends up leaving as a free agent after one season. Lou, or after a couple seasons, Lou obviously wins six-man, but uh, that season was miserable, and he was horrible in the playoffs against the Wizards. Um, but then Grievous, he's the one that you talk about here because he was traded for Norm Powell and OG Ananobi. So that's sort of the end result of that trade tree. And then the other one is you trade Bargnani for Steve Novak, Quentin Richardson, a bunch of stuff, and I think Marcus Camby was in there, and then that Knicks uh, unprotected first-round pick that ended up being the ninth overall pick becomes Jakob Pertl, and then Jakob Pertl plays two nice seasons, and it gets traded in the Kawhi Leonard trade. I think I'm going to side with the Ananobi side of things here, so the Rudy Gay trade tree, just because I think something else could have been thrown into the Kawhi trade outside of Yakup whether it's DeLon Wright or some other, you know, you know, bit partner, whether it's Norm or someone like that, or just a pick, uh, an extra pick. I think something else could have been sort of the stand-in for Pirtle in that trade, and it still would have gotten done for Kawhi. But still, it's I still will forever say that uh, Masai Ujiri traded Andre Bargnani for uh, Kawhi Leonard, essentially, in the trade tree. But um, I, I think it could have, you could have had a stand-in for Pirtle there. So I'll side with the OG thing, because ultimately, that Rudy Gay trade, not only did it lead to, with those four players, a fantastic couple seasons, especially 2013-14, where it was so unexpected, and that bench unit was so uh, revitalized by getting those four guys. Um, but to be able to swing Grievous Vasquez a couple years later for both Norm, who Norm saved the Raptors' asses in the playoffs two times, as I've said a million times, they, they probably don't win a couple of those series without Norm. And then, you know, obviously OG is, is the king. So I would say I'd side with the Rudy Gay trade tree. Both very good. And Messiah has done a very good job trading and getting himself out of whatever mess Brian Colangelo left for him. Side note on Brian Colangelo, my God, um, I don't know if people saw this, but I got some like emails and a couple comments on the uh, latest Ranking Every Raptor post, which was all about Colangelo's biggest screw-ups, essentially, and I got an email from like a weird email, the entire email was in the subject line saying like Brian Colangelo was actually good and he, the Raptors haven't done anything since he was here anyway. I'm 90% sure that the people who sent these comments and emails to me are Brian Colangelo's wife. I'm sorry, Barbara. I didn't mean to offend your husband, so. Um, one last question here. Let's wrap this thing up. Um, who is better, one-arm Kyle Lowry or John Wall? Um, John Wall is one leg most times, so I guess it's kind of, do you, would you prefer a basketball player to have two legs or two arms? Uh, I'll go one-armed Kyle Lowry, who has two legs, as opposed to John Wall with one leg. And you know what? I think that's going to do it for today's podcast. Uh, I'm going to wrap it there. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support the show, as always. And make sure, answer that trivia question I asked earlier on to get into the Locked On Raptors Fantasy Basketball League. I'm not going to ask the question again. You've heard it, and you probably DM me by now if you're listening at this point. So uh, if you wanted the league, make sure you send me the answer to that question and over a DM. And the first 10 people to do it will be in the league. 
Um, what else we got going on here? Um, oh, I'm doing a podcast later tonight. Uh, I'm doing a double shot because I missed Thursday. Uh, myself and Kelsey O'Brien, the real boss of Raptors HQ, is going to come on. We're going to talk about uh, preseason question number six, and it's going to have to do with all of the pending free agents the Raptors, pending free agents the Raptors have. They haven't had many pending free agents in the last couple of years. They've had a couple of big notable ones, of course, but there's like six guys who don't have contracts beyond this year as of this point. So we're going to talk about all those guys and sort of the ideal situations for all of them. Um, so that'll be interesting. And Kelsey's awesome. And I'm excited to have her make her debut on the podcast. That's going to be great. Uh, next week, of course, we'll be getting back into full-on daily shows. Media Days on Monday, I'll be there. Uh, and I'll do a podcast probably with Dan Reynolds on Monday from Media Day. Maybe Vivek will jump in on that one too. Tuesday... Uh, I think I'm planning on doing a podcast with Katie Hine, though. We're going to watch DeMar DeRozan's appearance on Serge Ibaka's cooking show, How Hungry Are You? And we're going to review the show and the episode, uh, so stay tuned for that. I'm sure there'll be some feelings involved there with DeMar and Serge. I think there's a fun little bet they have uh, on that show about uh, whether or not DeMar's going to dunk on Serge, so we'll keep an eye out for that, and we'll dive into that in depth. And the next Wednesday... I'm going to be joined by Joey Devine. He's one of the co-hosts. Uh, he's the temporary co-host of Round Ball Rock, uh, which if you're not listening to Round Ball Rock, get yourself educated and listen to goddamn Round Ball Rock. It's so damn funny. Uh, it takes a far more light look at the NBA than most NBA podcasts out there right now. So make sure you're listening to that. And uh, Joey's going to join me and we're going to talk about, because he's a Warriors fan, and we're going to kind of talk about the sort of the phenomenon of rooting for a team that has actual title and finals expectations and sort of the concept of rooting for a superstar who maybe is not the most 100% likable guy in the world uh, and sort of the all of the pitfalls and trappings and also the good stuff that comes with rooting for a team that good. So stay tuned for that. Uh, that's going to be fun. Joey's hilarious and I'm excited to talk to him. I was on their podcast a couple weeks ago if you want to check that out. We talked about Kawhi and all that stuff. It was like episode 150 of Round Ball Rock about a month ago. So if you want to check that out, please do that as well. And that's going to do it. Uh, thank you so much. I'll be back again uh, tonight, I guess, Friday night. We'll probably put it up for Saturday morning uh, with Kelsey O'Brien. And until then, thank you for listening to Locked On Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.